0: The guys will discuss CMU football team's chances against Maine, the soccer team's upcoming MAC play, and how the golf team fared in their first match. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm CM Life Sports Editor Dylan Goetz, here with beat writer Evan Petzold and Andy McDonald. How are you guys doing today? Another day, more sports. <laughs>
1: do wrong with that.
2: It's basically how it is, you know, around here these days. Just all sorts of sports going
0: all at once, and it's just it's nonstop. Oh my gosh, I I don't like it at all. So sports are only supposed to be on the weekends, right? But it seems like we do most of our work during the week. <laughs> it What's the heck's up with
1: that, huh? Uh, it just seems to go, and it's never it's a never-ending cycle, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so this is a third uh, third episode of Maroon and Bold of the semester. We're going to be talking some football, uh, some soccer, and then some golf. Um, first of all, obviously football they. They might have a new, uh, new kind of lease on life here with with a new quarterback. Uh, Tony Poljan couldn't really move the ball in the first three games, and uh, in their last game against Northern Illinois, they put in Tommy Lazaro in that third quarter, um, and he moved the ball downfield. He scored a couple touchdowns. He's he's got the start, and now he, now he's going to get the uh, the starting position. Now, Evan, tell me a little bit more about uh, that situation and what you saw at practice when Bono named uh, Lazaro the starting QB.
2: Yeah, you know, he did name Lazaro the starting quarterback, and it was kind of a given at that point. A lot of people saw it coming, not, not to say that it was a, a crazy surprise, but, you know, before the fact and then and then even after, you know, normally during practice what they do is they split the quarterbacks up and they have the quarterbacks all line up in one line, and then they have the receivers line up in another line. And then they just, you know, they throw passes to them in the end zone and, you know, obviously work on their game that way. But instead, Lazaro and Poljan, they both – Stepped to the side, and they ended up working just one on one with each other, and it was Lazaro throwing passes to Poljan. So that was really interesting for me to see. It was you know it was kind of like the the light bulb went off. Like okay, yep, they're they're going to use him at a, as a wide receiver and, and tight end. You know, like they did a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. So I mean that was kind of the obvious. And then obviously just checked with Bono and made sure that he made the switch. And and he he said yeah he did. So it'll be interesting to see you know how. Tommy and Tony both work in their respective new roles. I'm really interested to see how they do. And I think this week against Maine, like they're they're a tough team. They're not, they're not just gonna be a cakewalk. It's it's not like they're an FCS school that, you know, is like a nobody FCS school. Mm-hmm. They they've proven themselves over the years and you know, they definitely proven themselves this year with a win over New Hampshire. That was a team that you know, they beat they beat them fifteen of the last sixteen years coming into to this year's game. Then mm-hmm. they beat New Hampshire and, and then mm-hmm. FBS Western Kentucky, they win by three there. They were down twenty one nothing
0: right away early. And, and then, that was cr- yeah, well, and then five minutes. Five minutes in they were down
1: twenty one zero. Yeah, it it was just incredible. I mean, that win was really unexpected. If you need uh, any reference, CMU is ten and against their last, you know, ten or mm-hmm. FCS opponents, but last year they played Rhode Island. And yeah, if anybody watched yeah, that game to start yeah. the season. Close. It was a close one. So, I mean, that that's it's never something to take lightly. Triple so. overtime, and they won by, was it a field goal? Yeah, I they ended, ended up yeah. winning by three. Yeah. So, they, they were barely able to pull it out. And think about how good that team ended up being last year. Yeah. That's one of the better teams that's been under Bonamago. They won eight and five. Yeah. So, yeah. It's definitely not going to be easy an And plus, easy one.
0: yeah. Well, that, that game was the first one of the season, too. So, they're a little... Unorganized. I don't think they expected that, but I mean, still, it's not going to be 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 some cakewalk. Yeah, and you know, with it with a new quarterback, it's kind of up in the air. You know, like he did a great job in the in the third and fourth quarter of their last game, but you know, coming in and starting a game, will that kind of carry over? Yeah, Uh, we kind of hope so, but Mm -hmm. you never know. Something I'm really excited to see is Poljan being a pass catcher once more. Um, I think, you know, like he's one of those goal line guys where. You know, I don't even care. He's an athlete, He's a big body. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he like can't jump super high or can't like beat you on a route. But I mean, the dude is huge. So like, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna see a couple opportunities in the red zone. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be able to reach over everybody that I, six seven frame.
1: I think it's just I want to see if the offense can simply stay on the field longer, so that way it gives their defense more of a chance to get a break and. Maybe we can really see how good this defense can finally be because I don't think we've seen it to its full potential this year. Because after the first quarter, they're already getting tired because they're on the field so much. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if you know their offense can give guys like Malik Fountain, who is a great tackler, and the rest of that defensive front, if they can give them a chance to be able to actually play to their full ability throughout an entire game by staying on the field more on offense. I mean, right now their CMU's time of possession is 28, and their opponents is nearly 32 minutes. So. They've been allowing their opponents to stay in the field longer, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's not, that's not good for the defense.
2: Yeah, and in a Q&A that I actually did it with, the main play-by-play broadcaster, you know, he told me that they've called their defense a black hole defense for about the past decade now, the The Black Bears have, and they love to put pressure on opposing teams, and the thing that they love the most though, is when a team is one-dimensional. And that's kind of how Central Michigan has yeah, been this year. Right? And <laughs> not, not that Tommy Lazaro can't run the football not that Tony Poljan couldn't run the football either because you know, they were both able to do it with their feet at, at times you know and, and Tommy definitely showed some some life with a rushing score for his first career touchdown for CMU last week but still i mean you want to talk one dimensional they don't central michigan doesn't really have wide receivers not not ones that have been mm-hmm. solid no i mean yeah. their run Childress, game, top guy their back, run game and... is awful their run game is awful. Yeah, and their quarterback play has not been good either. So really,
1: you're no dimensional. Like that. That's kind of how it feels <laughs> right now. It's it's just been a tough year for the offense. Yeah. I mean, plain and simple, man. I mean, it, you can look at every stat. Every I mean, they're ranked in the in the hundreds. Period. If you're anywhere yeah. near that, you know you're struggling on offense. So mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't really matter what you look at it in any facet. They're just not complete there. They are unorganized right now, and that's their biggest problem. And that's yeah. what Maine eats off of, though. They love that. That's what they like to play against. It's teams that that can't execute in more
2: than one way. So even if even if Lazaro is playing well, if they can shut down the run game, they, they might be
1: able to get a win. If you're a two and FBS school and you're or FCS school and you're coming in to play a Division one school at their home stadium, I don't care if they're zero and three. You know they're mm-hmm. struggling. You know they're vulnerable they're going to be playing to do everything they can to get a win. Yeah, in a I think
0: Super Bowl. it's not really like the, the most ideal situation for, for Maine because of the situation that Bulge is not at QB anymore yeah, for seriously. them to win. Like Lazaro coming in kind of hurts their chances, I feel. I think so, for but sure. But it's not like they're just, you know, out of this game automatically.
1: No, um, no. You, know, good, you they're don't they're really know school.
0: what exactly to expect when,
2: out of this you, game. When especially. you give up 13.5 rushing yards per game on adversary so first two games, you're going to be able to hang for, for at least a little oh, yeah. bit. That's pretty good. I, I don't think it really matters you know, who you're going up against. I mean, if it's a Power 5 school, maybe not. But anything other than that, even if you're a Division one FPS, you're going to be able to hang if you can stop the run game. And and everybody knows that. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that if you can stop the run game, you can win football games. That's what they can do. Flipping it to their offense, Chris Ferguson, a quarterback, you know, he's a guy that is a returning starter from last year. You know he has the intangibles to get it done. It's For him, really, it's just been about putting it together, you know, becoming a complete package. Mm-hmm. Then looking at the run game, Joe Fitzpatrick and Ramon Jefferson, both of those guys, one two punch. you know Fitzpatrick, more of the the bulldozer type guy, Jefferson. You know he'll take you for the long runs, but but right. yeah, man. Like Maine ranked thirteenth in the FCS, top twenty-five, top ten in total defense in the FCS. Sterling Sheffield, a linebacker who's who's definitely an NFL guy. The whole front seven on defense is back from last year. They they just return a lot of. A lot of pieces. A lot of impressive pieces. They, I think that could cause the They chip lost two trouble. people
1: that mattered a lot to their offense. Their offensive coordinator and, mm-hmm. their, and their running back last year, Josh Mack, who led the FCS in rushing yards, and they're still able to have running backs. Right now they're combining for 310 yards in the season in just two games. So if that doesn't say enough about their offense being good, I don't know what else to tell you because they can they can run you over. I mean, mm-hmm. they can they can play the best of them. Here's
2: the, here's the other thing, too, that kind of makes me worry a little bit. More of an excitement, though, you know, to see Tommy Lazaro play – when people scout, they watch film, right? And that guy has no film on him. There's no film mm-hmm. on Tommy Lazaro. Yeah. You can't. One
1: half, a football uh, maybe, a but, quarter. But,
2: but, well, but coming into Northern Illinois, there was none. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing. There was yeah. not an ounce of Division I film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you go off of? You see it all the time, like in sports, when guys come in and, you know, you have your— you know, now you, you have guys like Jeremy Lin who just like go off for like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, like yeah those yeah. weeks, or like pitchers so, yeah. who come in as rookies and they they dominate they and then up. eventually slow down, like it just happens. So, so yeah, something,
0: something. Uh, I was talking to Jim Knight actually, who used to work with athletics and now he's a professor in the journalism department. And when Tom Lazaro first got here, obviously, he was behind Cooper Rush. Um, I can't remember his name, it's it's I I totally can't remember the offensive coordinator's name, but he was telling me a story about how uh they were talking about you know what happens say Cooper Rush goes down, and the offensive coordinator at the time didn't really have much faith in Lazaro and pretty much said like we're screwed like that can't happen you know so it it seems like he's come a long way uh during his time at CMU so far um obviously he had a he 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 went to Dodge City Community College and and transferred here and and sat out but um. I guess things weren't looking too good. Like he wasn't really impressing many in practice early on, but I mean, wow, did he impress in that second half of the last
1: game for that's sure? All it takes, get a chance. Yeah, never know what you're gonna do with it. He made it. He made every second count in that game. That's for sure. Don't don't
2: forget though, 122nd out of 129 FBS teams in total offense. That yeah. that number still got to change. It's, it's got to change, change.
1: And you don't know what you're gonna get for sure in this game. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't take a quarter and a half of football and just say this guy's gonna be great, but. He isn't exactly competing with a guy who's played good through three games this year. So yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to get his chance for sure to prove himself.
0: Yeah, and I think talking to uh, Don Coulter, who's a sports editor at the at uh, a local paper in Maine, actually, he he told me uh, that Maine historically has been kind of like a you know a middling FCS school, and recently they you know their defense is one of the better ones this year. So it's not like you know Maine has this. You know they've always been beating these bigger schools or anything. You know it's it's still kind of new to them uh, historically, and they, and their coach actually is pretty young. Uh, I I don't remember off the top of my head like what age he is and everything, but uh, it's definitely like an up and coming uh, FCS school. Uh, another in terms thing of that's football.
2: well, yeah. Another thing that's interesting too is like in that area of of where Maine is at, just like geographically looking at things, like if if guys don't go to like a a Rutgers or a Pitt. You know, and then there's, there's Buffalo up there, but that's a max school. Like there's Mm -hmm. not much like powerhouse programs up there in that area of the United States. So like, if you're not going to one of those schools and you want to stay home, like, where are you going? You're going to an FCS school and you want to go play for the best. Like they've been able to get a ton of great prospects coming through there just because they want to play football. They know they, they know they have the talent, but they want to stay home. And if, if that's close to home for them or that's where they feel like they're, they're being pulled towards, or if. Whatever coach there is is really selling them on the program. Mm-hmm. Like it's close enough to go. It, it's not like it's one of those things where, you know, you have what five SB FBS schools, you know, in the state of Michigan, and then you know a guy decides he wants to go FCS. Like that normally doesn't happen, just because of the fact that there are so many different FBS programs in Michigan. But mm-hmm. you look at that side of uh, of the United States, there, there's just not a lot going on up there.
0: Yeah. So, so what do you guys think? Do you think? This is a week that CMU finally gets its first win under
1: Lazaro, or do you, uh, do you, are you kind of thinking zero and four? Or, uh, what do you guys think? I'm going with them getting a win, but I definitely think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a close game in the first half. But I, I do think that CMU finally finds some offense this week. I think they play better in the second half, and they're able to win this game mm-hmm. handily. I'd say around a thir- a thirty-one to thirty or thirty yeah thirty-one to thirteen type final. That's around i and you it.
2: Evan. I mean I think when you bring back Logan Hesbrook, Alonzo McCoy, Clay Walder, Zack, you know when those guys return, those are big they're, guys. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> big names at tight end safety and offensive line respectively. It's it's just a game you can't lose. And I think at the same time, the entire coaching staff and from the players that I've talked to at least, they're not taking this game lightly, mm. whereas, you know, maybe if they're 3 and 0, maybe they take it a little bit lighter. Yeah. They're not. Malik Fountain said, "It's it's do or die for us right now. Like
1: we need we need to win. Like they got to play good this week. They got to figure things out this week. Because when you're going to East Lansing next week and you're playing against Michigan State, I don't care what the situation is with that program, whether they're one on one or they're three and all going to that game. Whatever it is, that's going to be a tough contest no matter what. So they got to figure things out in the football. Yeah, and I think
0: things could really turn bad. Like say they lose this game uh, and Lazaro doesn't really play how we might expect. I mean." Michigan State at that point is a write off. Like, yeah. then they're 0 5 <laughs> to start the season and yeah. things really start to hit the fan. Like, you know. It's rough. Yeah. After last
1: year, I mean, you had five total losses last year. With yeah. And, and
0: now you might already have five total losses in the first five weeks if they don't beat Maine because, I mean, you know, Michigan State, it's just like, come on. It's, it's Michigan you know? State. Yeah. The the team that beat Michigan State last time had Dan LeFever, Antonio Brown, some of these guys that are CMU legends yeah. and will always team. be. Uh, just talent wise, you know. Yeah. Simple. Um. So yeah, I. It's a must that, win. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. Um. Obviously, I don't even think it's gonna be close. But. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to go. If we're looking at predictions. I'll go thirty five thirteen. 13 Chippewas. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't really have a score prediction off the top of my head, but I think they do win this game. Maybe two three possession uh, lead, depending on field goals or. Uh, <laughs> Or or touchdowns from Lazaro, so I guess we'll see. But uh, moving on a little bit, um, we're gonna be talking a little bit about soccer, who's coming up on conference play. Actually, uh, Friday is their first conference game. I believe it's at, it's at you know, six see, at six p.m. Yep, six p.m. at uh, at the CMU Soccer Complex, which is right next to Kelly Shorts Stadium. Actually, shares a uh, shares a parking lot with Kelly Shorts. How about that? Here's a <laughs> yeah. fun fact of the day. For sure, get your, get your parking straight. <laughs> yep, get your parking straight. Um, it's youth night, I guess, according to CMU Athletics' uh, schedule. Um, They got
1: a different event almost every time I look at the soccer schedule. So I, I swear, they, they always, they got, always got a lot of good on. stuff.
0: Yeah, so, and then, like, uh, Sunday, they play again. It's top soccer day. Um, <laughs> Not too sure what that is. What but, that even means. But, hey,
1: you know. <laughs> something to get people out there. I yeah. mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's just trying to make promotions. I you understand
0: know. why. And so tell me a little bit about uh what, what head coach Peter McGahey said uh, in terms of starting the conference season—it's almost like starting a new season for those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they lost this game on on a Sunday. It was, it was senior day for them. They lost one to zero to the University of Illinois Chicago, and I mean, they were one and eight coming into the game. So I think that really mm-hmm. tells you right than I mean, CMU had the two and five record coming in, but the competition's a little bit different. They played some teams yeah. there a little bit better. Um, so when you looked at it, you know, it was kind of a game on paper that you thought this is one that they could really light it up in. And they did. They got a lot of offense. Um, you know, they they were able to find 15 shots, but they just couldn't find any go. And UIC, UIC had two, and they yeah. made one go. So, and, I, you know, that, had... that's
0: the thing with soccer especially. It seems like you can always dominate a game. You can always be, like, you know, it just reminds me of, like, times when Barcelona's lost in, like, these crazy, oh, yeah. like, finals matches. They'll have 80% possession or something. And only have, you know, like fifteen shots like, like for CMU did, but mm-hmm. no goals, which is right. you gotta finish your chances. Well you played back in your day, didn't you, Dylan? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> oh big time. So if you if you want me to go on about this. I'm I'm listen, all ears. Big soccer guy right here. Big I know, soccer guy. I know you are. I can tell you anything you need. FIFA is my go to video game actually. That's how big of a soccer guy I, I am. I wanna hear about your in your in game life. Okay. Your so, player life. So my player life, uh, well, I was on JV for two years. Uh, okay. Freshman sophomore year, I was on JV. Kind of sucked. Okay. I was I was actually pretty bad on JV. Um, junior year, uh, I I actually messed something up in my leg, so I played like half the season. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, I played a couple games at center mid, which is normally where it, like like that was my position uh-huh. uh, until I got injured, and then it was just kind of like I'm just doing whatever until I get back. Um, and then senior year, I actually, so, so our, our goalie shout out, um, <laughs> our, our goalie got a concussion, um, in one of the first couple games and we didn't have a backup goalie. Like this kid was like six, seven, like he was the yeah, goalie yeah. on campus. Like he dude was good. Um, we didn't have a backup goalie. We thought we never had one. Cause our goalie was like the best player on the team or one of the best players on the team. So and and everybody else is kind of looking at each other like, oh, what the hell are we gonna do now? You know, like yeah. we are really like in for something. Um, so the JV goalie played one game and then <laughs> and then we couldn't have any more of that. So uh, <laughs> so I put on the gloves. That was fun. Where where I'm really getting with all this is and looking at you as someone who
2: who's played soccer, Andy. I don't know how much soccer you played. I know for me, Never didn't played. play. Yeah, neither. <laughs> oh, so I, I love I, soccer. So so I I know I you do. That's that, why I kind of went in this direction with asking you a little bit about your soccer life is because, you know, when you were playing, since you know what it's like, what is it really like to lose games one nothing like like CMU just did? Like what does that mean? And and as a goalie too, like what is that? Especially
0: especially in those kind of instances where, um, as a goalie, well, especially from a goalie standpoint, you feel like you've done everything to help the team, even if you did let in one of one of two shots. Like the the worst part about being a goalie is that you can't play the field. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. The worst part about the goalie, about being the goalie, is that, um, you know everything's up to, uh, the rest of your team in terms of, everything. But you know stopping the shots that come towards you, you can only control so much, uh, as a goalie compared to what you can in the midfield as a striker, as a defender, especially nowadays with the way defenders play. Um, but you know you just feel like you could have helped so much more. Uh, and then, you know, since, since you did lose one zero and, and there was only a couple of shots, you know, it just kind of weighs on you a little bit more in that instance because you're not, you're not really disappointed in your team for not finishing, uh, some of those chances, but you're more disappointed that, uh, you couldn't help in more ways than you did. And the one way you did, you know, you, may, you may have made one, one mistake or, mm-hmm. or even couldn't have saved, uh, saved, saved a shot. That's always, you know, a that... viable, you know, result too. And. You know, you just feel like you could, you that could kinda, and should do more. That kind of yeah. leads
1: into what McGee said. Is he said for large stretches of the game, you know, we really put on a dominant performance, and he felt like they put on pressure, and they did. I mean, it was, yeah. it was visible. But he said, like, you know, we had chances, but unfortunately, our chance didn't go today, and they had a chance. He said it's singular yeah. as in chance. Yeah, I mean, like, they're only a real chance of the game to score, and they did, and they mm-hmm. put it home. So, I mean, you're talking about your pepper and 15 shots on them, and they get two and they get know. one to go. I can't imagine how that feels, especially on a day when you know you're honoring your seniors and like you're trying to get a win. It's not yeah. it's not an easy loss to take.
0: Yeah, I I feel like that, you know, like we like I just mentioned earlier, that happens pretty often in soccer and it just sucks like you know you're the better team and you're you just can't finish. You just can't, you know, you can't get it in the back of the net. You can get it all over the goalie, but you know, I I think the goalie only had like five, six saves. But I mean, still, you got to finish one of those chances.
1: Yeah, that's that's what uh, you know. Madison Costner, she said this week or after the game, said we really need to just focus on getting one to go because if we can get one to go, then more are gonna come from there. They feel like they're close to getting their offensive progression going, but you know it just hasn't yeah. been there this year. You know their opponents are outscoring them. It's that it it hasn't quite been there. There, I mean, right now on their shots, they've made thirteen of their forty two shots they put on goal. They just want to see more get in the back of the net, and they haven't been able to get that yet.
2: And that's how it was last year, too, a little bit. There just was a lack of consistency, almost, and, and when you get to that point in the season where you're dropping games you know, 2-1, 3-0, and you you tie a couple, and like you just can't really find the win column for, yeah. for a little bit. Like, when that happens, especially when it happened in Mac play last year, like, just the energy was drained out of that team. And also, like, they feed off each other so much. And, and a, a win can do so much for a team. And a player like, you know, Lexi Palafis, right, scores, yeah. you know, one goal to start the game, bam, it's quick. And then people just feed off that energy. Yeah. And it's a totally different type of vibe. And I feel like when you're, when you're struggling to find the back of a net, even though you have shot opportunities yeah, and you really, continue to like, lose games, it's just it's draining. It's just, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's you can really see hard their to...
1: faces. Like when I talk to them, they looked like they were frustrated. Yeah. I mean, Lexi said literally after the game, "We need to let this one sting for a little bit. We need to like understand the concept that yeah. we can't keep losing games." Like That's this.
0: another thing that comes into play when you know you're dominating a game and you still just you just can't find the back of the net. I mean, you get really frustrated. Yeah. Uh, you know, you feel like you deserve to win, but you're not like you're not mm-hmm. winning, and it's not. You know, uh, you're doing everything you can, but it's it's a frustrating thing. They all knew
1: that they should have won that game, and they're not wrong. Exactly, it's just, you got yeah. to finish. I mean, you yeah. gotta, like, when you get chances, you got to finish. And they you know, they
0: they knew, th- they knew that they knew that they should have been ahead, and and they know why they weren't as well. So and, you know, it, I, I feel like they know that it's on them for not finishing and those I mean, chances.
1: They're trying to treat it like Mac play will be a new season, and they can they can come back and yeah play good to this i mean yeah for sure you got to treat it like that and i mean this is the time when you need to start playing your best soccer if you're going to play it so that's mm-hmm. so, uh, the most important
0: oh yeah yeah for sure that's that's the only thing that matters to this team and and i think they do have uh you know the talent uh, at least to go pretty far
1: they do they have um, they have good offense and they, mm-hmm. they still have enough veterans in that lineup but it's it's you know a lot of it is you know um kind of what uh, Shannon uh, Magnan said she said that they want to start getting every level of their team involved mm-hmm. instead of just the forwards that they feel like they're not getting anything out of any other of spout midfielder defenders yeah so I think that's something that they need to work on a lot more
0: yeah too. getting everybody involved that'll that'll definitely serve them well moving on to our to our li- to our last uh, segment on Maroon and Bowl this week uh, we're gonna talk about how the golf team fared in their first match uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think it was 14th out of 16th yep. at the Ball State uh, Cardinal Classic and um, what didn't? What didn't? Uh, head coach, first year head coach, actually Jim Earl, have to say about that one?
1: Oh, he said he was proud of them uh, for the most part. But I mean, he he thinks that their ability is fully there. Like they're 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 hitting the ball well. Their contact is good and everything like that. He just said that there was there was times they kind of just let it go. He feels that they're really mm-hmm. young and that um, if they can, you know, as the season goes along, he thinks that more and more experience of actually playing instead of practicing will help them. Um, it, I mean, it's a quick turnaround for them this week. They're already yeah. you know back to another competition on Friday. So he said that, you know, it, it's hard to find time to practice because, you know, when you swing golf clubs and you shoot 54 holes in, you mm-hmm. know, a matter of two days, you have to take time off after that to give them some time off. And, you know, right now they're just trying to base it off the the leadership they have and a, and a person like Brian Koloski, yeah. um, who's, who's a senior for them, that they're trying to find some stuff with with her and uh, Jamie Loud. She's also a, a yeah. senior. She's been there for she's a while. Around, so, yep. Yeah. Fifth year player. So they're <laughs> trying to get them to be able to help some of these younger players, but Right now he said that they mm-hmm. they they know what they can be at a higher spot than being ranked 14th. Yeah. But right now it's just it's just not there yet. <laughs> and
0: and for golf especially like consistency is everything. everything. Uh you don't really know what to expect going into your first uh your first match uh typically and especially with a new coach you you're not really familiar with with how, you know, it's yeah, like how you're going to hit go. the ball, how, how organizational things go, you know. uh, and, and consistency is one of those things. You want something to be the same every time. You know, that's why you tie the shoe left, then right. <laughs> you know, if you do it the other way, you you feel like you'll have an unlucky day or something. But uh, these girls got to find some consistency, and the only way to do that is to, is to keep playing golf.
2: It's definitely a mind game, too. I mean, you go from, you know, playing Monday and Tuesday to turning it around and playing, you know, the following Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And the way that that works is, like you gotta let everything go, mm. everything that went wrong in the past just has to go and has to, you know, flow out of your memory, and you have to find new focus, and that, and that's difficult to do. Like that's probably one of the harder parts of it. Yeah, yeah, consistency is huge in the moment, but just like the mental game of golf and the the mind tricks that it can play on you, and the way yeah. that it can kind of get in your head and and really frustrate you well, and, yeah. and disrupt your shots is especially it's a game like, changer man especially
1: like it was at Ball State it was like almost near 90 degrees every single day he didn't want to blame anything on the weather he said i already in the same conditions but you can't do that when yeah. Not, yeah when you're not used to playing that much golf in that amount of days that's why yeah. i asked the question is cuz simply I, I don't i don't think it makes it any easier i mean i can tell you right now if i'm playing golf you know i'm using a cart and everything i yeah. still <laughs> i still hate playing when it's that hot outside so oh, yeah. i can imagine it still has some kind of effect but what you said about consistency i mean when you when you're playing yourself, you know, you might mm-hmm. say, I never take golf that serious 'cause you know, I can't ever hit it straight every single right. time. They have to do that. That's yeah. what they have to do that's, when you play a sport. I mean that's what they're doing. If you're if you're thinking about it that much, I mean, in every single every single hit matters. I mean, every yeah. single one matters. So yeah, it's definitely definitely huge inconsistency. And when you're, you know, just starting to get into a program and just starting to golf at the college level, it might be a little bit intimidating and it might be hard to keep your head on straight and constantly yeah, hit like
0: for that. sure. Well, yeah, I, I mean, definitely they, they play, uh, I think it's in, yeah, the Golden Grizzlies Invitational, which is in Rochester. That's at Oakland uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Be sure to check out uh, CM-LIFE for all your coverage uh, of this weekend and, and weekends that come. Uh, this has been the third edition of Maroon and Bold. Uh, any any last regards from you guys,
1: Evan, Andy? Hopefully for that football team, you get a win this weekend, huh?
0: Yeah, uh, huh? Only time will tell. Don't make <laughs> us look bad, right? We all predicted a win, so... Yeah. Maybe maybe if they maybe if they lose somebody'll say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm done with this podcast. These guys House are trash." Everybody if they yeah. start winning games. So. Yeah, <laughs> hey, exactly. So uh anyway, uh make sure to follow at CM Life or er, make sure to follow at CM Life Sports on Twitter and uh visit cm-life.com.